It's Behind the Bots Time! From the NHRL studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, we're recapping the 2023 NHRL Finals. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have three news items for you today. First up, the man who invented the sport of combat robotics has died. Mark Thorpe was 77. He launched the first Robot Wars competition in San Francisco in 1994 and was instrumental in getting BattleBots off the ground in 1999. For the past 30 years, Mark has battled Parkinson's disease and died Friday due to complications related to Parkinson's. He spent more than a decade at Lucasfilm as a model maker and animatronic designer, working on the sets of Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Poltergeist, Batteries Not Included, and other absolutely foundational movies from our childhoods. BattleBots writes, quote, Without this remarkable human being, creative genius, and pioneer, there would be no BattleBots, Robot Wars, RoboGames, NHRL, Robot Ruckus, Extreme Robots, and so on and so on. Mark touched all of our lives and fought the good fight so we could all pursue this amazing sport. This community starts with him, and during its darkest moments, he held the torch. We are eternally grateful for you, Mark, and we'll see you on the other side. Love to you and to your spirit that will live on forever. Speaking of Mark's legacy, catch Live Robot Combat this weekend in Washington State, Southern California, Northern California, Wisconsin, Massachusetts, Australia, Croatia, and the UK. In the UK, Bristol Bot Builders is holding their annual 18 and up Christmas party in Bristol at the Cabot Cruising Club's pub, where they'll be fighting Antweights on Saturday evening. A little farther north, they'll be fighting Antweights at Botfest 5 on Saturday at a church in Wallasey. On over to Croatia. Now, um, we've been doing these calendars for a while, and I feel like this is the first time that I've seen mention of Croatia, so that's very cool. Uh, they're going to be fighting Beetleweights at the University of Zagreb's Engineering Building on Sunday. In Australia, they'll be fighting Fairyweights and holding a robot part swap meet in Wollongong on Sunday. On over to the U.S., where students at Washington State University in Pullman will be fighting Antweights and Beetleweights on Saturday. In Northern California, students at Bellarmine College Prep in San Jose will be fighting Beetleweights at Bell Brawls 3 on Saturday. In Southern California, Mad Catter Captain Martin Mason is fighting Fairyweights, Antweights, and Beetleweights at Mount San Antonio College on Saturday. Here on the East Coast, the biggest event of the weekend will be Mass Destruction, held at the Charles River Museum of Industry and Innovation in Waltham, Massachusetts on Saturday. Now, all that said, the most important event of the weekend globally is no doubt the 2023 Midwest Robot Combat Association Finals held in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. 32 of the best antweights in the Midwest will be fighting Saturday at Cross Point Community Church for first place with an additional 20 beetleweights fighting at an open exhibition tournament. This is an incredibly packed weekend for robot combat, so get out there and catch the sport live if you can. And finally, mark your calendars for December 5th, 6th, and 7th for NHRL All-Stars. 
live in Connecticut and live streaming over YouTube. Chris, Lindsay, and Kyle will be calling fights at All Stars while I will be at home on baby duty. We'll bring you a detailed preview of the event on next week's episode of the pod. So stay tuned for that. And that's it for this week's news. Now, um, we've had a lot of things happen in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we had the finale of BattleBots Champions. Uh, this past weekend, we saw uh, the release of uh, Vengeance in Vegas 2. And we had the 2023 NHL Finals. Um, I think the big takeaway is that uh, we need to probably record episodes more regularly. Um, but uh, yeah, just very quickly uh, on the BattleBots front. Oh, and also, you know, BattleBots live show is like back in action after F1. Um, any thoughts on the very many BattleBots things that have happened in the last couple of weeks? Uh, congratulations to Endgame on winning uh, the Golden uh, Bolt, is it? Big Bolt? Golden Bolts, yes. Golden Bolt. Yeah, the Big Bolts. <laughs> That's the scientific term. Uh, yeah, congratulations yeah. to Endgame, taking it home, uh, I believe, another year in a row. Um, pretty good. Facing off against Sawblaze in the finale. So, you know, Jameson Go, uh, one fight a, away from. That was a close yeah, match. Glory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, interestingly, uh, people who were there in the audience, they were saying that um, the show edited out a pretty lengthy unstick that happened pretty early in that match. And Sawblaze was really winning the first part of that match until they got stuck with Endgame. Mm -hmm. And they ended up prying the two robots apart and Sawblaze just wasn't the same. So uh, if that uh, that entanglement hadn't happened, uh, it is likely, perhaps, that uh, Jameson Go would have taken on both the Giant Nut and the Golden Bolt, which would have been awesome. So... um, I don't know. I guess you can kind of dream about uh, the possibilities there. Parker <laughs> um, and Endgame, I think they're just a few series championships away from opening their own giant hardware store. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, these are jokes. I, 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 these are jokes. <laughs> I, I I'm I was I was trying to think you know like is there any application for you know the uh, the giant nuts and bolts you know like uh, do you do you use these on huge machinery or something you know could you slot that into a massive uh, excavator or something you know I've I've killed your joke I'm so sorry Chris um uh how about how about uh vengeance in Vegas from this past weekend uh, did did anybody get a chance to check this out I I feel like uh, we've finally seen rusty now after years is it years i don't know uh, no he was he was there last season well yeah i think that one exhibition match last year as well correct yes he had one exhibition fight last year as well but uh this is the first time we get to see rusty this year because uh new new rusty that they had in the exhibition fight it was last old rusty. Year, it was old rusty. Yeah, last last year it was old rusty. This yeah. year, uh, Vengeance in Vegas had new rusty. Mm. Um, speaking of, I I I did get my my rusty plushie in as well. Uh, so how do you like it, Luke? Do the eyes work? It is. Um, <laughs> the eyes work. Yeah. Um, it it's haunting, you guys. The face <laughs> is haunting. It um. It looks like uh like like this robot scene things, you know? Like it's um 
it witnessed the horrors of its uh, I don't know Chinese manufacturing or something, and it's uh, it's come back forever changed. You know, um, I don't mean to malign it too badly. Uh, I I do have I did buy two of them, so I would like to give one away to our fans um, on a future episode of the show. I don't know, maybe next week's episode. So um, stay tuned for that. I guess if you're uh, you know you've got a rusty fan in your life and uh, you weren't uh, in on the uh, the GoFundMe early enough. It's been a long uh, time like, done a giveaway. True. Yeah, and I'm sitting on a ton of stuff. Like, I mean, I, I we we have we're, we're up to our years in uh, memorabilia. So, um yeah, I don't know. Probably probably a December giveaway. Let's do it. That sounds good. Um for for me like when I when I was watching uh Vengeance in Vegas, I uh just was so confused about uh the experience. It's so different from BattleBots. Um like no commentary obviously but um just like uh some of the some of the editing choices were like really off the wall and like really different from like uh what you expect from the show and uh just curious how that happened um uh, i would love to know i you know what if somebody here listening if if they know the editor like have the editor of <laughs> vengeance in vegas to reach out cuz i would love to uh interview uh them um just to figure it out, like you know, like kind of the the fake digital glass breaking, like some of the kind of like the uh, the track, the music track, kind of running underneath all of the fights. Um, it, interesting choices, I would say. I don't know, like it's it seemed it was like um, the big thing I want to know is like what is wrong with Chris and Kenny's commentary? Like <clears throat> they've got the audio track, just run it. You know what I mean? Like how bad could it possibly be? Right? <clears throat> Like, uh, do they really ADR them so badly, like, in between these fights that, like, it's literally, like, unintelligible when you just run the raw audio? Like, that's, I think, you know, I think that's as a robot like, fighting announcer. I think that's more like rights or, um, like, the mm. like Whale Rock and, you know what I mean? I don't think that it's a, it's a, they, they can't run it because it's not good enough. I think they're just not allowed to without paying Chris and Kenny extra for it. You know what I mean? Right. No. They can't just record an actor, uh, you know, in, I don't know, uh, like a comic book movie. Like if they were to shoot a new actor in the Lobo movie, they can't use just the footage in Lobo 2, 3, 4, and 5. Like you paid an actor or an actress to to be in one specific thing, and you can't just use that footage and rehash it. So that makes sense. But like, I mean, there had to have been other options like this is actually a good opportunity to like get new voices to attach like to the BattleBots flagship uh, that maybe call things from tiktok or on discord or like get other voices in there that would probably be really affordable but would be charismatic and could deliver you know the content um you know who i would love to hear though is like just like greg and trey or you know oh. trey and pete like actual people yeah. from the production staff calling like the fights and talking about it with their literal decades of experience in the sport, which would be really fun. And they wouldn't have to pay anybody extra for that. I mean, I would just listen to like Greg and Pete and them like just jam out on guitars and like j- just put something there. Like that is a significantly better idea. I yeah, love that idea. Backyard concert, you know, Pete, the guitar whisperer, Greg the microphone whisperer just just get in there you know do whatever 
All right, these these are good notes. Yeah, we should send them over. This this is great. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's let's recap the twenty twenty three NHRL finals. I realize that it's incredibly late. Like um, all of the other podcasts have already recapped uh, this competition that we were physically working at. You guys, we are just uh, so slow. I guess when it comes to this, right, uh, so the, the finals other were podcasts don't necessarily have as as much things to kind of juggle uh as we do when it comes to actually covering things at nhrl which is fair to say oh i don't know if it's cryptic know if chris i love that it's cryptic yeah I think it's cryptic it's it's true we 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 were uh you know um we were there we were there for the whole thing and we uh you know we have a responsibility to cover things the, the you know the way that we uh we should yeah. And also, okay, you good. know, we work a, a long weekend there, and uh, it takes us a little time to recover, just physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Spiritually? Yeah, spiritually. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, so, uh, okay, all right. This might have been the slowest out of all the recaps, but this is going to be the most comprehensive. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess enjoy this, I suppose. Um so the finals, uh, 72 of the very best 30 pounders, 12 pounders, and Beetleweights from around the world uh, converged in Connecticut three weeks ago to fight for the Golden Brett, uh, the most coveted and most difficult uh, prize in uh, these three weight classes uh, globally. Um, so to qualify, you had to um, finish in at your uh, qualifier in the top four spots in the bracket. So you had to go incredibly deep in your bracket. And um, to, to do this, you know, to build our roster of 72 robots at the finals, you know, these are really just absolutely elite, elite robots um, across the board. So let's start with the 30s. Um, now in the 30s, uh, we had in the grand finals, Emulsifier versus Megatron. Now, this was the fifth time that these two robots have met at NHRL, entering this match with a two and two record against one another. So this is going to be the tiebreaker. Ultimately, we saw a dominant performance from Matt Boris, who beat Jameson Go in convincing fashion to win yet another Golden Brett. It is the second Golden Brett in a, in a row for Matt and Emulsifier. Your thoughts on the 30-pound finals? Um, I think it's time for Matt Boris to finally give himself a little bit more credit. I think uh, maybe it was Chris who was interviewing him or maybe Kyle uh, towards the end. He was saying, listen... You can't outdrive uh, Jamison Go. I know I can't outdrive Jamison Go. So we're just going to have to be on him and, you know, um, do the, as good as we can, do our best, uh, and, and hope that it is enough to pull through. Um, I mean, it's time, Matt. I, you can't outdrive Jamison Go. I think uh, uh, he, he clearly had done so in that match. Um, Jameson, I think at, at first Megatron was looking pretty good, but as soon as Emulsifier got a few bites in there, um, it was just, it was game over. It got some really gnarly hits on Megatron. Um, and, uh, you know, from there it was, it was kind of game over. So, uh, congratulations to Matt and, and the whole team. Uh, time to give yourself some credit. <laughs> I think, I think one of the remarkable things for me with Emulsifier, well, it's two things. One, um, like at the 30 pound level, Emulsifier is absolutely terrifying. And it is one of these robots that doesn't fight a lot 
And when it comes out, it typically wins, which I find just really, really interesting. Um, you know, kind of it bucks the conventional wisdom of like, hey, you know, you've got to fight like six or seven times a year. You've got to get really great. You've got to experiment with a ton of things. Matt doesn't do that. <clears throat> he comes out to like one NHRL, qualifies, shows up in December, wins, you know, um, goes to Motorama, gets a couple fights in there. Um, but really, I mean, emulsifier, 30 pound emulsifier is mostly sitting on the shelf in Ohio, which I think is really, really interesting. The 30 pound version of the robot performs just so much better than the 250 pound version of the robot. You know, emulsifier at uh, the heavyweight level, you know, went one and three this past season and failed to make the, um, the round of 32. Um, but there were so many fans of the robot that have seen it fight elsewhere at lighter weight classes that were really, really expecting a whole lot more. You know, like when you see the 250 pound emulsifier, like sitting on the, the table, it looks absolutely menacing. When you see it fight at the 30 pound level, it is absolutely brutal inside of the box. Like there is so much promise with this design type, with this platform. And we haven't seen that performance yet at the heavyweight level. And I totally expect, you know, um, when yeah. we see emulsifier again at BattleBots, um, that we're going to see like much better performance. I think that they just had, you know, one season to kind of work things out. But these two golden brats in a row, like they're not a mistake. Matt's yeah. an incredible builder, incredible driver. The robot's fantastic. Um, and really, I'd love to see it kind of take its its spot at BattleBots as as real real champion. To your point before, it's 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 interesting. Um, you know, you have uh, you have some builders, you have some teams that they're. They're constantly uh, represented at NHRL or other events. They're constantly bringing out their their bots. They're they're learning. They're getting driving practice in. Uh, that that gives you an advantage in some ways, and in some ways, like uh, by kind of keeping your cards close to your chest and uh, you know dialing in your bot in your own uh, in your own setting, you're showing up to. Uh, a world championship setting with other world champion tier bots uh, who don't have a lot of driving practice to you with you because you, um, you know, you've, you've been re relatively absent in the tournament throughout the year and they're going to be potentially facing you for the first time. Whereas if you're just another uh, builder, that's there grinding alongside them, they might've already had two, three matches against you. They might've already been able to formulate a strategy against you. So it's like, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, but, uh, you know, Matt and team, I think did a fantastic job, uh, you know, with that, especially with the caliber of the other builders that were there. Um, so yeah, I'm talking the about the finals, um, but they, I think the 30 pound bracket had some of the more highlight real worthy fights, this particular tournament, uh, maybe even for the entire year. Uh, the one that comes to mind for me is the absolute utter dismantling um by stf i mean we saw an actual lipo battery unspool as if it were streamers or confetti without catching on fire which is some sort of weird kung fu move um and that was just absolutely incredible just seeing kablooey tango which we all have thought of as a complete brick a total unit as the brits would say <laughs> uh just dismantled like that was shocking i mean absolutely shocking in the moment and watching the footage back it's like crazy to see yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Blue Tangle, SCF. Um, fantastic fights. Fantastic fights, absolutely, in, in the 30s. Also, um, like, I wanna... Kavada had a complete glow up 
Um, not that it was a slouch in, you know, other competitions, but it looked really good this time around. It had some really uh, convincing wins. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, if Rato comes back again next year, is he going to improve Chibata more? Is he going to go with a different design? It was really sweet to see uh, him, uh, you know, competing with his dad. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought Chibata looked really good at that event. One of my favorite um, moments from the entire uh, night was when I went up to Rato and I was uh, I was doing a pit interview with him. And, uh, you know, his father was uh, seated beside him and he introduces him as his father. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's uh, that's so fantastic. Uh, let me ask you, uh, you know, Mr. Rato, uh, uh, when are we going to see you here with a, with a bot? When are you going to build a bot? He, uh, Rato goes ahead and he um, he does some of the translation for me. And the, the father just kind of looks back at him and then just shoots like a, a few word answer back. And uh, uh, Rato says, "Oh, he he says that he did build a bot. It's it's uh, it's Chibata. Aww. That's pretty good. Uh, one more um, thing, Luke. Before yes, you Lindsay. move on, I want to um, just give a shout out to Brandon Bennett Young, who had three different um, robots competing at the thirty pound weight class, um, and he made it uh, you know fairly far with a couple of them. Um, I know that he went in. I I forget if it was." four or five chassis but like all but one of them were completely destroyed which i think even he was a little surprised about which really just highlights the level of competition at the 30 pound weight class how destructive it is how you can be you know prepared to the nines and still you know come away with that much damage um uh i know he was hoping you know to to go farther in the event and i just can't wait to see what he comes back with next year vorian has been looking so good um and i oh man it's just I, i'm rooting for him so much <laughs> to get that golden brett so hopefully in 2025 okay. moving on to the 12s uh full court had a punishing fight card to the finals winning matches against honey shock Carmen, Disco, Maximizer, and Torrent before defeating Jameson Go and Psycho in the grand final. Uh, so for those of you, you know, uh, keeping count, uh, Jameson Go winning now two second place finishes, both in the 30s and in the 12s. Uh, full court. It is massive. It's a, a, like a five foot long Smee inspired long boy with forks and two lifting fingers on its drive pods that were largely non-factors in the robots fights. Um, I guess before we jump into our thoughts on full court, um, I, uh, so I, I, I was, I was pretty critical of full court throughout the day. Um, and you know, like one, one of the central tenets of journalism is, uh, that the reporter or the broadcaster, uh, should never be part of the story, right? Like, uh, you know, we, we talk about the story, but we're not part of the story. But um, sadly, I was, I don't know, I feel like I injected so much of my opinion that it um, became part of the tournament. Uh, a lot of people criticized me after afterward for um, the way that I called full, full courts fights. Um, I saw a lot of people um, say some pretty unkind things like on Reddit and on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, 
And uh, I ended up apologizing to Coleman for that. Um, I feel like I probably crossed a line uh, with with the commentary and like where it became more personal than it should have been. Um, that was a mistake on my part. Um, so Coleman, if you're listening, I'm sorry yet again. Um, that said, uh, I do think that the criticism of the robot was valid just in the way that I criticized him was not um, in that uh, this was a control robot in a uh, competition that requires active weapons. So we've already seen a preview of the 2024 rule set for NHRL and um, under the 2024 rule set, full courts uh, configuration at the finals would not be legal just because um, we now have new language around your weapon has to be designed to affect your opponent in a meaningful way. Um, and full courts, self-rider is not a weapon. Uh, it was barely a weapon at the finals, um, but it was cleared by safety and it was cleared by NHRL. So good on you, Coleman, for uh, <laughs> for building to the edge of the rule set. It was a valid robot design. Um, I thought that it was a weapon in name only kind of robot and um, my criticism was, was perhaps a little bit too sharp. Um, but uh, yeah, all that said, your thoughts on the 12s, your thoughts on full court's run. I mean, one thing I will say about full court is uh, kudos to Coleman for just the design of it. He faced some of the most, you know, destructive robots uh, in the 12 pound weight class on earth. Um, and took, I think, as far as I could tell, basically no damage the entire time. Um, so that is a, that's, you know, I would say a well-designed robot there. Um, it was also cool to see uh, Nate Franklin with uh, Thunder Child as the mini bot. Um, you know, when uh, Chris and Luke and I went uh, to Motorama with Kyle, uh, when was this? Twenty or tw February twenty twenty before the world changed. Um, uh, Kyle was like showing us all these videos of Nate and Thunderchild and going on and on and on about uh, you know, how he's like going to be the future of the sport, how he is one of the best drivers, how we're going to see him all over. Um, so I know that uh, he's he's currently working on a um robot of his own that does have an active weapon um but it was cool to see uh thunderchild also kind of have a moment in the sun uh sharing the the golden uh brett with coleman any other thoughts of the 12s oh yeah i'll go ahead and say um i was really impressed with coleman's driving all day uh he didn't really make any mistakes until that last matchup with psycho um the 12s was really good, but it was just very much so dominated by full court. It was very much so dominated by full court. We had some really great moments. Um, I want to give some big props to Donald Sung for going so deep and doing so well. Um, I mean, there was a, a moment there where I really thought Donald could have pulled the whole thing out. Um, absolutely amazing making it to the semifinals and just a really impressive showing for him. And he, you know... Didn't go to all that many events this year. So it was really cool to see somebody come back from a 10-year hiatus and do so amazingly well in this sport with kind of an older style of robot. Um, and, you know, I mean, all of the flowers and props to Jameson Go and Psycho. What an amazing machine. He drove it beautifully all day. 
Um, he just didn't have a configuration really available to help him out with full court at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, 12s turned out really, really well. I thought it was uh, a good portion of the tournament. I think um, right. for Jamison Go, like finishing second in 30s, second in 12s, placing, you know, in the three pound bracket. Um, I think a lot of like people were talking about the triple crown. There's probably a lot of pressure on him, you know, to not only bring home the giant nut, but also one to three golden pretz. But um, like, you can't overlook that this person brought, well, technically four, but let's come for, you know, this intent purpose, call it three robots and was able to place all three in the competition. Um, I mean, that's just incredible. I know probably Jameson was frustrated with um, maybe how that last match went, uh, with Psycho, but like you gotta give him credit. Fini- t- placing in every weight class is, uh, I don't think, a feat that anybody else, maybe on Earth, could be able to accomplish. Um, so, yeah, I if, mean that's that's just incredible. Am I mistaken, or he was able to give away more in charity than anyone else, maybe even in NHRL history? Yeah, so uh, second place was... Okay, all right. For everyone who qualified, so all 72 robots, they each got $1,000 each. So Jameson uh, had $4,000 that he could donate just right at the start of the day. Uh, Second place in the 30s, second place in the 12s. So that's another $200,000. So that's $204,000. And then placing in the threes, which we're going to get to here in a second. um, And I think that was either $50,000 or $100,000. I'm not sure. Somewhere between $250,000 to $300,000 in STEM charity money that he was able to to donate. Plus um, over $10,000 in cash winnings as well for, you know, two second place finishes and a podium finish. Um, so like not a bad day, all things considered. Um, but I mean, Jameis had said it at the, at the start of the day, I mean, like he brought seven robots to the competition with spares and like he had spent months and months and months getting ready for the finals. Um, and entered with an immense amount of pressure, just juggling that many robots, thinking through all of the different configurations, trying to plan for each one of his opponents, like fighting back to back for 12, 13, 14 hours, you know, Um, it it was an incredibly long day and really just shows, you know, he is, he is the greatest builder of, of our generation. Um, I don't think there's, there's anyone who even comes close. Um, and yeah, just just an, an amazing finish, you know, for for Jameson, even though he did not win any Golden Bretts this year. Um, oh, one more okay. thing, one more thing. <laughs> yes, Lindsay. <laughs> um, uh, shout out to Kevin Milcheski, um, you know, with Red Storm and Timber Viper, uh, Timber Viper, you know, doing uh, very well in the 12 pound bracket. Um, I want to give him a special shout out because I saw on Discord um, that he um realized he's been building this design for about five years now um and he kind of wants to spread his wings and maybe move on from this um next year and build something with a more kinetic weapon um and so as much as i'm sad because i love the grabby fast you know design that uh his bots embody um 
trying to think about like applying his drive style to a robot with more destructive power is really, really exciting. So, uh, you know, if uh, 2024 is anything like 2023, I know that we're going to see a lot more of Kevin uh, and, and, you know, whatever this new bot design is. You're talking like a, a bot and a driver. Uh, first of all, uh, also winning uh, the best driver award for NHRL uh, yeah. this year. Uh, so big props. Uh, imagine a bot and driver combo with a ground game like that, that generally has a pin landed within 20 seconds. Replace that pin with a devastating shot of a high energy weapon. And that is definitely a formula that uh, no one is going to be able to kind of, uh, you know, look away from. I, I'm really excited to see what else he builds. I really hope that he also keeps bringing some grappler bots because they're they're fun to watch. Uh, and, you know, his driving is really, really fun to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of I'm proud of him. And I'm very proud of uh, him getting the best uh, driver award because he totally earned it this year. Yeah, um, you know, selfishly uh, for, for us, Chris and Lindsay and myself, um, I was just so happy to hear that Kevin was going to be donating his um, STEM charity money to a, um, a robotics program here in the Hudson Valley where, where we live. Um, I think that's just so cool that he's giving back to his local community. He's originally from uh, our our area and um, now lives in Seattle, but um, but giving giving back to the Hudson Valley, which is really cool. Um, that's amazing. I didn't yeah. know that. That's um, great. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So he's he's going to 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 give the money basically to his his high school's um, STEM program, which is really cool. His um, Red Storm match with um, against Megatron in the final or in the semifinals was um, probably the best technical driving match of the entire tournament. Just absolute chess match between those two, and beautiful to watch. Uh, Kevin deserves that that uh, that Sparky Award more than anybody else for sure. I mean, that was amazing. I, I've been going to bar trivia with Kevin now the last couple of competitions, like the Thursday before the event, because um, he flies out early to go and see his family here in the Hudson Valley. And we uh, we meet up in Poughkeepsie and go to bar trivia. Open invitation, Chris and Lindsay, of course. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, but the thing that floored me the most is we were talking about his experience in the sport. And he got started like five years ago. Like he was a fan going to events in Seattle. And just decided to build a beetle. And like all of this has happened, like his success at BattleBots, his um, his golden dumpster at NHRL, like winning best driver of the year um, here at NHRL, um, just like building a massive fan base on BattleBots all in like the last five years, um, which is pretty amazing. His robots are really, really well designed. He's an amazing driver. He takes the sport so seriously. Like when, when I talk about like how he trains and how he preps, he really like puts a lot of time and effort into um, his preparation for a competition and um, just massive amounts of respect um, to, to, to Kevin. So yeah, uh, pretty, pretty awesome. We, we could have done it if we had, uh, I don't know, invested in a robot building instead of podcasting. So uh, yeah. No, yeah, okay, all right. Well, it's a quote unquote robots. Okay, yeah, that's you, uh, there. There you, there you can, go, Chris. You can actually see my screen right now, but I am uh, I am holding a robot uh, that is adorable. Well, if you're um, watching on YouTube, uh, maybe they can see. 
There you go. Um, and then uh, finally, let's talk about the Beatles. It was a pretty controversial finish in the Beatles um, where Jeff Waters and Supreme Ruler were disqualified on the cusp of the grand final. They took it all the way to the end, but they were not able to compete in the last match of the night. After one of his pit crew members exhibited some unsportsmanlike behavior in the pits, violating the league's builder conduct policy. Ultimately, the Golden Brett was awarded to their opponents, Calvin Eba and Tommy Wong, running the Multibot Booty Brigade. Um, your thoughts on the Beatles, your thoughts on Booty Brigade, kind of their run throughout the day. Um, also, like taking podium finishes were both Monkfish and Silent Spring. So, Jameson Go and Rachel de Guzman. I am absolutely loving the Monkfish story. I am on Team Monkfish. I'm on the Monkfish train. Um, so that is just huge. I'm so happy for Rachel's success. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there is a big asterisk on the Beatles uh, finals this year. Um, so I know that we can't talk about it a ton, but uh, thoughts thoughts on the Beatles. I will say this, Supreme Ruler was incredibly well-driven all day. Jeff did phenomenally. And the mini bot that had both the cam lifters and the flamethrowers was a stroke of genius. It improved everything about that bot's performance. It was amazing. Um, super fun to watch all day. Super fun fights all day. Really technical driving. I just so impressed, really impressed with them. Um, so I'll give them their flowers for that. Really unfortunate how that ended for them. Also, I love that the best way to make a uh, aging links work better is to throw a tiny droopy in there with it. That that just cracked me up all day. That was a three pound droopy. It wasn't a full size droopy. Oh my god, you're blowing Chris's mind right now. Chris, that was, was only three pounds. That was only yeah, three pounds. It, it was like a half size droopy, Chris. Was it was it the droopy that was the heavier bot? Because like one is technically three point one and one is two point nine. Yeah, yeah dro droopy's coming in at three point one pounds instead of like five pounds. You know. Yep. So and uh, Tommy told me it was straight up three pounds. Like he weighed it in at, at exactly three pounds. I wonder, did he um, just put, he put lighter weapons on? Because ultimately, it was like the same size droopy. It was just probably no, no. no it was physically smaller. It yeah. was physically smaller. smaller. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now you are blowing my mind. Yeah. Yep. Physically I mean, smaller with a dimensionally three D printed butt for this event, which I think was all the difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have um, to save room for the butt. Wait, wait, I mean, he he chopped two pounds off of the design. So, I mean, like, I think that's that's why we are seeing like um, less performance, I think, from the three pound version of Droopy. Um, it is an interest. I don't know. Like this, this is our last time seeing a true quote unquote loophole style robot at NHRL. Um, they're closing that loophole in 2024 with the new rule set. Um, just because I don't know, it's kind of ripe for um, for exploitation. Um, they're also going to be changing some of the the weight bonuses as well, and um, we're going to kind of go through a full breakdown of the the new twenty twenty four NHL rule set once it's completely published. Um, but yeah, the finals were interesting. Um, you know, like um, we. We we saw we saw a great great performance from Lynx all day, and ultimately it was Galvaniba and Dami Wong who are the only 
people to hold the golden brett in the beatles ever like at nhrl holding the golden brett at the end of the night which was uh which was interesting um so kudos to them you know fantastic builders in in the beatles um so yes any other final thoughts on the finals i do or the beatles i do want to give some special props to the you know the final teams that were kind of were kind of left at the end of the night um silent spring monkfish and booty brigade rather than kind of ending the night on the third and fourth place fight uh decided to end the night with an absolute banger of a like rumble in one of the small boxes with all four bots in there going absolutely crazy um and that was a lot of fun and a really cool way to kind of end the competition and they worked all that out up in the pits between themselves before it happened didn't even tell production just kind of sent it and uh it was pretty perfect it was a pretty perfect way to end the entire evening and end the season ultimately so thank you to them for agreeing to that didn't tell the announcers either so we we had no idea what you guys you guys knew nothing about what was going on for any of this and it was crazy to me to like that they never clued you guys in on anything that was going on that was bonkers um but yeah it worked out it worked out it was okay it was still yeah yeah, it was still a lot of fun we, you, you got to see us just as surprised as the fans. It was great, you know? Um, <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, fantastic finish to the 2023 season. Now, in 2024, as we've talked about before um, and has been kind of publicly announced, NHRL is expanding. So we're going to be fighting outside of Connecticut at several events in 2024. Just the the cadence of qualifiers is really going to be ramping up next year. Um, we have one final event of the year. This is going to be happening next week, NHRL All-Stars. Um, so, yeah, you get one last chance to kind of see the live stream um, before we pack it all up for the holidays. But we will be back in January with the New Bots event, which is my favorite event of the year. I love the new robots. I love seeing what people are bringing. People have been already sending me like CAD and test videos of their brand new robots. And um, we're, we're in for a treat. I think there's a lot of really interesting, unique, um, and creative robots that are coming in January. And I cannot wait to kick off the 2024 season. It's going to be our biggest. It's going to be our best. Um, so really looking forward to, uh, to next year. Can I say so, something um, real quick? I'm yes, sorry, Lindsay, Luke. of I course. Know, always... You may. Always. Yes. Um, I think about, you know, 2023, and there are so many, like, quote unquote, household names from this year that maybe had not fought before this year or just weren't, like, on the general radar, you know, thinking about, like, and I'm sure I'm going to miss people, but, like, Chainsaw Kitty or Maximizer, or, you know, Donald Sung's return, um, Kevin Milcheski, like, all these robots that have kind of dominated the scene um, over the last year that we didn't even see coming. And I'm just so excited for what 2024 is going to bring. Oh, Positively Hysterical, like, one of the (laughs) the biggest robots of the year. you know, is brand new uh, to 2023. So I just, I'm so excited to see 
what 2024 is going to bring, who is going to enter, you know, the um, general vocabulary, who is going to become a household name, what robots are going to, you know, make a surprise sweep. Um, Is it going to be return of the horizontals or is it going to be something else? Like, that's the really cool thing about how quickly the sport evolves is there's always someone new. There's always a new design. There's always a new bot that's going to make a splash. And like, we couldn't have predicted half of the things that happened in 2023. And I feel like with everything on the docket for 2024, it's going to be above what we can even, you know, probably dream of right now. Very well said, Lindsay. Um, yeah, we're going to be minting new legends starting in January, so I, I can't wait for that. Um, so yeah, tune in. Uh, NHL is back in, next week. It's going to be back in like a month from now as well. Um, so really just amazing stuff um, on the horizon. And that is it uh, for this week's recap. And uh, we're going to return after the break with uh, this week's Robots Around the World. For robots around the world. This week, we're traveling to Korea, where researchers have designed a robot dog to provide companionship for astronauts on long-term space missions. The dog, named Leica, is made of titanium and is capable of exercising alongside its human counterparts. It also features sensors that can gather health information about the astronauts when they hug the dog. Laika was named after a dog that the Soviets launched into space in 1957, successfully completing three and a half orbits around the planet uh, before overheating and dying. Um, But you know what? Most of us can't say that we've completed three and a half orbits around the planet. So like Laika really lived until, until she didn't anymore. That's awful. I mean, the, the so. The the Sylvia dog, I mean, from what I understand, it was just plucked off the street. Like uh, they caught it in an alleyway or something, strapped a uh, strapped a little uh, helmet to its head and shot it into space. You know, are you sure that's true or is that just American propaganda about the Soviet space program? <laughs> All right, let's no, see, Kyle. No. Okay, you're you you commie sympathizer. Okay, like what, what are you, you going to tell me? Leica was uh, you know bred for the program and. Uh, was like an elite kind of German shepherd or something. Is that yeah, right? Trained, trained every day for that more than half of its life. How do you, how do you even space camp Luke for 14 years? Well, yeah, absolutely. Years. How, yeah. Do you, how do you, how do you even tell a dog, listen, I'm training you to go to space. Okay. I feel like you could talk to a dog every day for five years and it would still be shocked as soon as like that rocket went off. Okay. Now, wait a minute. It says, uh, you said that the, the robot was made out of titanium? Yes. Yes. I would have I would have supposed it would be made out of Rin Tin Tin. Ouch. No, <laughs> no Chris. No. Uh, uh, Don't do this to us, Chris. You know better. It is kind of, like, macabre to name this robot after uh, a dog that we essentially sent into space to die. I mean, not us, but the Russians, and that's that's a little weird for a companion in space, you know? It's well, a little Kyle, strange. Kyle, you certainly want to, you wouldn't want to name a dog that flies into space on a spaceship Rex. 
True. Yeah, that would not that would not be a good idea. No, that's valid. That's valid. <laughs> oh boy. Um, all right, I'm I'm going to I'm going to lightly roast uh this Korean dog just slightly because it <laughs> looks like a Sony Ibo, all right, from like 2001. Like it 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 doesn't look like a dog. It and like I it the Boston Dynamics makes a dog that looks more like a dog. All right, you know, like this thing looks like it was on like a Toys R Us shelf. You know, um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, make it cuter. I, I don't know why the dog has to be so uh, shiny and long. I, I don't know. It's it's odd. Like this, it doesn't look like a normal dog. Okay, wait. This is not really relevant, but the dog was invented at Hongik University which was the neighborhood where uh, Chris and I stayed uh, when we just recently took our trip to Seoul. Um, so I'm feeling sad that we maybe uh, had an opportunity to visit Leica and we weren't able to, to go see it. I was just look, trying to look up pictures of the dog, um, most of which are just pictures of the, of the real Leica, which is a little too sad for me to see. Yeah. Yeah, a little sad. Just Aww. imagine a long, weirdly shaped Sony Ibo, okay? It, it um, looks like a computer rendering. It doesn't look like it's even real. Has this well, actually been had, invented yet? Uh, I think if you went to the university, they could have shown you the CAD or something, you know? Um, <laughs> it, it, it probably, it's, it's probably like one of those dogs where it's like, uh, it just looks like a horror show, like on the table, just a bunch of wires <laughs> and like, it's got like one eye, you know what I mean? Uh, they're like, oh, don't worry, we're going to stuff it into a Sony Ibo body. You know, it's going to be fine. Um, like, I, I'm sure, okay, listen, the youngest people listening to this podcast, they have no idea what the Ibo is, you know? Um, it was heralded as like the future of pet ownership. Like, it was a really, really big deal. Like, when it came out, people were waiting in line. It was like impossible to get. Um, it was like, I don't know a hundred times more sophisticated than like a Furby, you know? Um, but there's not a single Ibo in use today. Like, I don't even think they put them into museums. Every single one of those is like rotting in a landfill. They were just totally worthless as dogs. Um, they exhibited Luke, no dog-like behavior, you know? Luke, they are. there's another iteration that you can buy right now. What? It's on the market. It is $2,899. And oh, it is my. equipped with AI. Oh my god! Wait, I'm looking. There <laughs> they, is no way this is two thousand dollars. This looks worse than the original, it, Lindsay. And it's as a service because the AI cloud plan, which makes the dog <sighs> operable, is three hundred dollars for twelve months. Okay, this is the most dystopian thing ever. Can you imagine, like, in the future? I'm talking about twenty five years in the future. You get to order a custom dog. Sony sends it to you. It's got fur on it. Okay, the kids fall in love with it. But you fall on hard times and you like fall behind on your subscription payments to your dog. And just like one day, it just stops uh, like operating, you know? Or the repo, the, the repo dog catcher like kicks your door right. open. Right, right. Guys, I'm, I'm looking at the specs now for Leica and it is fully titanium. It can run as fast as, like, highly trained humans who are, you know, supposed to be part of a space program. 
Uh, it has thermal imaging and it can read your health conditions. Um, I, I mean, why haven't we discussed the fact that this is basically a death machine they're putting in space with with astronauts and and and, and space travelers? I, that's not good, guys. And with those little ears, I mean, that would be terrifying to get killed by this thing. Um, but I'm trying to look up what the Ibo is made out of to kind of. <sighs> you know uh compare and contrast versus the leica but the only thing yeah the thing that's really sticking out to me is that um under about this item one of the the important bullets near the top is that it says this product is not for sale or use in baltimore maryland and i have to know what happened in baltimore that ibo is not allowed there Oh my God! We have to ask Ricky. Ricky, <laughs> it might be Ricky's fault. What? Why? It's like you could use it in Bethesda, Maryland, but not Baltimore. You can't ship it to Baltimore, and you cannot purchase it in Baltimore. <laughs> you can't even cross into Baltimore with this dog. All right, the police are just there. They're they're checking cars for for ibos. It's a full list of zip codes where it's not allowed. Oh my god, what happened? The eye bone, which is just the bone for the robotic dog, is 30 bucks plus shipping. Robotic um, dogs are a racket, you guys. <laughs> okay, interestingly. Okay, all right. I think that in certain states, IBO is not allowed because it collects biometric data. <laughs> Well, so does wow. Lycan, yes. Oh, yeah. I was going mean, to say, maybe the fact that Ibo is only made out of plastic isn't really that big of a deal when it lives in your house where you sleep. Yeah. yeah. It, sounds like between, <laughs> uh, it sounds like between this robot dog and all the accessories, you might end up sinking 9K into this K9. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I love that you're just sitting there and you're trying so hard to think of puns. This is great. I love this. Uh, um, okay. All right. So food bowl. Right. The food bowl for Ibo costs twenty bucks. <laughs> it's a twenty dollar food bowl. You can I, also I love how we've paw pads to make their paws feel more like dog paws. Ten bucks. <laughs> This is, um, I, I love how somehow we, we took a space story, right? Like a really cool robot space story. And we've brought it back to our capitalist hellscape and uh, <laughs> biometric data gathering. And, uh, you know, just the horrific, like, horrors of subs our subscription-based economy. Uh, A-plus job, you guys. This is fantastic. Um, I think uh, uh, that's about done. it for us today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, one more, Chris. Well, but, uh, no, no, no. I, I couldn't possibly fetch another one, even if I wanted to. <laughs> and I'm going to say, Luke, I think that about does it for us today. We'll be back in your feed uh, next Wednesday with the, uh, the preview of our All-Stars competition coming up uh, just next week. Uh, live broadcast from Norwalk, Connecticut, with some amazing builders. Uh, incredible bots and some really absolutely hilarious and entertaining uh, YouTubers. So you got to check that out. Yeah. We'll see you then, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. We're going to replace Luke in the broadcast with an iBoat.